You're listening to The Thrive Podcast, where every week we dive into a practical, tactical tip to bring you from a life of simply surviving to thriving. It's personal development for the everyday girl who is done with coasting through her days, done with feeling like she's missing out on the deeper meaning of her own life, and done with mediocrity once and for all. Because it's not enough to simply survive, you deserve to thrive. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Thrive. I am joined today by my BFF, the lovely Tay. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for having me back, E. You got it, dude. You might remember Taylor from back in July because she graced us with her hustling and her ambitious presence on the day she launched her podcast, Hustle Like a Mother, or as we've been talking for, I feel like, three hours today, and we have now dubbed it Hustle Like a Mother. So um, The only way I'm going to say it from here on out, so thanks for that. Yeah, I don't want to. St- I don't want to steal too much of your thunder, though. Give everyone a quick rundown of who you are again, in case people have not scrolled back through the old archives that far to know who you are. You are my my BFF. Yep. And that's clearly the most important. Extraordinary. Most important role um, you hold. <laughs> Jack of all trades. Master of none. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I am a mama to an 18-month-old little boy, Jack, a.k.a. Liv's future husband. And they do really I, like each other. It's so cute. I am also the content creator behind Blonde and Ambitious blog. Um, and I do business strategy as well uh, at Taylor Mobley Coaching. And I run my own podcast, Hustle Like a Mother. <laughs> uh, available where all podcasts are available, I guess. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so that's uh, that's me. I do wear a lot of hats, but it's a party. Yeah. And I mean, I guess for this episode's intents and purposes, it yeah. kind of is the most important thing to note that we are besties because mm-hmm. we talk literally every single day yeah. and we are both entrepreneurs with multiple legs to our businesses. So we wanted to, we were brainstorming and we were like, you know what? It would be really fun and really helpful for people to get an inside look at burnout, especially after this year. Um, And obviously this episode is airing right before 2021 kicks off. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of us are pretty burnt out from the year, from our jobs, from one thing or the next. So we wanted to just have a really honest and open conversation about what burnout actually is, what it looks like, Um, maybe as it relates to your business, if you're also an entrepreneur, but maybe just as it relates Mm -hmm. to your life or your friendships or other relationships in your life, Mm -hmm. because I mean, I think people are feeling pretty frazzled right about now. (laughs) It's a hard time of year and it's been a hard year. So I think there's a lot of things that are culminating towards the end of this year. Um, that are really hard for people to kind of grapple with. I think the holidays in general can be really hard for people. So when you add the fact that it's, you you know, already a little bit of a hard time of year, plus the fact that we've had a bizarre year as a whole, um, you know, and coupled with just life, it can be really difficult. Mm-hmm. We talked a lot to, um, we just recorded also for Hustle Like a Mother, Taylor's podcast, Mm -hmm. which you can go listen to after, after this too. Yes. 
but we were just talking a lot about what that actually looks like and what that actually feels like so i would Mm -hmm. love if we can both share that for people and you go first because nose goes (laughs) but hang it um, up (laughs) yeah so like for me personally yeah yeah like how do you know how how do you know when you're like i'm that i am burned out and maybe how do you know that you're approaching burnout where you're like ooh, warning sign maybe i should slow down or think of something differently totally um for me i know that i am approaching burnout when i stop being able to create effectively and this is because my job is very heavily creative Um, as a content creator and also, you know, as a business strategist too, there's a lot of creativity and things that go along with that as well. And with the podcast. So there's a lot of things, you know, my main source of income and my arms of my job require me to be either on in front of a camera or creative and creating behind the scenes. And when I am approaching burnout, I stop being able to do that effectively and efficiently. And that's when I know, okay, hey, pump the brakes, take a break, like rest and allow yourself to recharge. Because if you don't, you are not going to, you're going to put, set yourself back by weeks because Mm -hmm. the amount of time it takes for me to like get back to where I need to be after I experience a really heavy bout of burnout is so much longer than if I say, okay, I'm recognizing these signs are happening. I need to take a rest now. It's so much shorter for me to get back on track if I catch it early. And so the the signs for me are really that lack of creativity and increased anxiety and stress surrounding my job. Mm -hmm. You know, I start to dread going into work. I start to dread having to create content. Those are the things that I love doing. And if I am not excited to be doing them, something is wrong. And that's important to note in general, because needing to take a break from something does not mean that you are not good at it. It does not mean that you are not passionate about it. It yeah. doesn't mean that it doesn't serve you. It it doesn't have any sort of other meaning to yeah. it other than the fact that we are human beings and not human doings and yep. none of us and nothing was programmed to be on forever. And sure. it's really as simple as that, I think, where mm-hmm. we have to know the signs for ourselves and be very keenly aware of what that looks like for us individually because if you start doing things that you normally love to do and you just are meeting it with lethargy Mm -hmm. and you're meeting it with maybe depression and you just are not interested in it anymore and you're like just you'd rather sit and stare at a wall than Mm -hmm. do your job there's something deeper going on there. And the answer is usually not, well, just push on through and Mm -hmm. get over it. It's like your body is trying to tell you something. And if you're on the path to burnout, you're definitely not thriving, barely surviving. And you really have to take a step back to assess what's going on and why so that you can effectively recharge to keep going. Because like you said, you're literally just going to set yourself back if you refuse to acknowledge what's going on and try to push through something that shouldn't be pushed through. Yeah. And I think for me too, another big thing that I notice when I'm approaching or experiencing burnout is stop wanting to do anything. Like it's, it's to people talk about this too. 
sometimes, you know, that feeling when you just sit on your bed and you're like, I have so many things to do and I cannot Mm -hmm. do a single one of them because I can't muster up the energy to actually remove myself from bed and do any of it. That's the feeling that I often get when I'm experiencing burnout, where I look at my to-do list and physically cannot bring myself to do any of it. Mm-hmm. And, and that's exactly why I say like, if you can catch it earlier, you don't get to this point where you just don't do anything. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's super, super important. And mm-hmm. I know we've had this conversation so many times too, but burnout doesn't just have to be in your career. Like mm-hmm. burnout, you can feel burnt out. This sounds like a dirty word probably to many people, but you can mm-hmm. be burned out as a mom. And you can be burnt out maybe as a partner or as a friend. And it's important to be able to truly and honestly and authentically assess all of the different relationships in your life Mm -hmm. and maybe press pause on anything that is having more of a negative effect than positive. Except I want us to be able to touch on this together too because we've only had this conversation offline a billion times. But (laughs) you and I have both been in circles where Mm -hmm. the idea of something or someone no longer serving Mm. us Mm -hmm. or whichever direction you want to call it Mm -hmm. is a thing. And I feel like in this, I feel like there's, it's an interesting kind of conversation there because you have such an ideal of protecting your peace Mm -hmm. and preventing burnout and like Mm -hmm. being on that path Mm -hmm. in society today that can be very Mm -hmm. good and very necessary in terms of setting good personal boundaries, boundaries for work, relationships, whatever. Mm -hmm. But I know you and I are also kind of in the camp of sometimes that line can get blurred and crossed where it becomes selfishness. In a weird way, which is kind of a weird conversation to have in the midst of talking about preventing burnout. No, I think, I think it actually goes really hand in hand because there is a time when you do need to prioritize which relationships are going to be put to the forefront when you're experiencing burnout. Right. And that I, but I think a lot of times people are using this as an excuse to like lose tact and kindness to others and being like, well, you just don't serve me. This isn't part of my journey anymore. Like, by the end. <laughs> but I think we can approach this from a much kinder place, a place of, you know, love and grace too, without being mean to people, you know? Well, and I also think that relationships ebb, ebb and flow. And obviously, mm-hmm. life also ebbs and flows. And it's mm-hmm. very natural and normal, the same way that in maybe your marriage or your partnership, you might have a period where one person is in a really busy season for one reason or another, and the other is Mm -hmm. kind of picking up some of the slack, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Not everything is going to be balanced all of the time. Like I always say balance is a unicorn. It doesn't truly exist. So in a romantic relationship, in a partnership, in a friendship, chances are you're not going to have this like perfect give and take tit for tat 24 7 there very likely may be some periods of time for one reason or another where one person is giving more than they're Mm -hmm. receiving or vice versa 
And I think it really kind of boils down to developing a really keen understanding and discernment of that particular relationship so -hmm. that you can identify, all right, is this a trend in a negative sense where like the relationship as a whole is truly not worth it in the grand scheme of things? Mm -hmm. Or is this something where I have a friend who's going through something really hard that I need to be there for and support them through and you're not doing it because you're hoping it'll be reciprocated down the road. You're doing it because it's the good friend thing to do. Like, and that I think mm-hmm. can be really hard for people to discern mm-hmm. because that is a really just a hard line that gets yeah. blurred sometimes. So I'm curious what your thoughts are in terms of how to um, know and set boundaries in friendships like that yeah. and how you view that I know because we've talked about it so many times yeah. but I think you have good perspective on it that people yeah. would benefit from hearing you know I think this can be really tricky like you said I think not everybody is blessed with like incredible powers of discernment a lot of times and we need to use context clues for things in order to make good informed decisions about this I personally feel like you probably know in your heart which relationships are the ones that are giving and taking together versus a relationship that is taking and taking and taking and taking. And I know that because I've had friendships that are both a really beautiful give and take. I think our friendship is that way, um, where we Aww. both, uh, where we support each other. I think our friendship and relationship is a really good example of when you are down, I am there to listen and pull you up and vice versa. And when we need each other, like we're there to support in however we can. And if there isn't an ulterior motive of, well, I'm, she's down right now, but you know, when I'm down, I'm going to be ready for her to like be here. It's just the knowledge is there because that's how our friendship is. It, I'm not helping you because I expect you to help me later. I just know that you will. Does that make sense? Absolutely versus relationships that I've had in the past or friendships where somebody never reciprocates anything that you're doing. It's constantly taking and it's constantly selfish on the other end. And at that point you have to say, okay, not to be cliche, like we talked about before, but is this serving my life at this time from the standpoint and the viewpoint of, I am not getting any reciprocation in this friendship at all. And I am giving a lot. And there are times where I think we all find ourselves in relationships and friendships where somebody doesn't realize that they are not like reciprocating the care and love and concern that they're expecting. And I think though too, reciprocating does not necessarily have to mean you did this for me, therefore I do the same thing for you. Totally. I think it very much like... Again, we talked about this on Hustle Like a Mother a lot, but I'm a big mm-hmm. I'm big on analogies, metaphors, mm-hmm. imagery, super visual person. So for me, yeah. the idea of not being able to pour from an empty cup is like what perfectly embodies preventing yeah. burnout for me. Mm-hmm. And if you are in a friendship or in a relationship with someone and you're pouring out of your cup, yeah. you have to know what refills your cup. And that might not mean that the person is doing the same thing for you that you did for them. It doesn't mean like, all right, you sat and you were giving me advice on life for an hour. So I'm going to, I owe you an hour of life advice. Exactly. It might just mean that like 
you, you, someone sent you flowers as a thank you for your time. And that act of kindness and appreciation might be enough to refill your cup where you're like, wow, I feel appreciated. Like that's awesome. So it's, it's not necessarily the give and take is the exact same. It's just your cup has to be refilled once it's poured out. Otherwise you're going to reach a point where your cup is empty and the other person is just sitting there like, got anything left in you? And you're like, actually, no, I don't. (laughs) And, And a good example of this is I had a friendship, you know, a long time ago, back when I was in college where I worked really hard to be there for this person. And we were roommates and we were friends and it was great. And you know, it would be where if she was having a really bad day, I'd bring her her favorite drink or I'd write her a nice note and leave it on her pillow. Or I would be there to talk about it if, you know, she was having problems with her boyfriend, whatever it may be. And then if I was struggling, she was like, well, can you just like not bring the vibe of the apartment down? <laughs> You're like, noted. You know, where she's like, it's just like, I feel like you're being really negative. And I was mm. like, oh, you know, I was going out of my way to like make sure that she felt heard and made sure that she was okay when she was struggling. And because that's the kind of person that I feel like I, I try to be in friendships. And when that is not in any capacity returned, then it starts draining on, you know, how much I have left to give because my cup is not being poured into at all. And, and that's not fair either. And I think society, and this may be kind of taboo, I guess to say, but I think society will often say you are the only person who can fill your own cup. And that's true to an extent, but our world and our life is made up of relationships. And I think we would all be lying to ourselves if we said that our cup was not also filled in by filled up by other people. And that's why we get married and that's why we have friendships. And that's why you know, we looked to these relationships because they do fill, none of us can live totally alone. I think we're lying if we say that. And so I think it's a really shallow and narrow viewpoint to be like, well, you know, you're the only person in charge of that, filling your own cup. And that's true to an extent, but also we deserve friendships that are equal mm-hmm. and that's and that- okay, I think. Oh, absolutely. And, and building off of that, it also doesn't mean that you have to be in a relationship with someone for that cup to be refilled. Totally. It can be something, I mean, this hopefully can be an empowering thought for people, but it's like, you hold, you hold the power where someone could be passing you in the grocery store and like, you have the power to smile at them and uplift their day. And if they had a really crappy day where they were just feeling beaten down by the world, just the genuine, a genuinely warm smile from a stranger could actually fill their cup a little bit. It might not be the equivalent degree. Like if you're thinking of a metaphor in terms of like, it might be Uh, like a teaspoon of of water back in their cup where it just Mm -hmm. kind of uplifts them a little bit whereas maybe getting like a life-changing message (laughs) from a close family member is going to be you know a a gallon of water right you know in the whole in this whole grand scheme of thing we're doing here but it's still going to have some sort of positive effect in boosting and and helping their cup up I think another you know way to think about that too is Think about how you feel if somebody pays for your Starbucks drink ahead of you. You know, that's a stranger doing that, but does that make your day? Absolutely it does. Like I'd spend the whole rest of the day like, wow, this was the best day ever because somebody was kind enough to think of me. It's, it's stuff like that. And I think we also, when we're talking about close friendships, 
taking that teaspoon of, you know, kindness and setting that aside for a moment, when we're talking about close friendships, we all have love languages. And I found, you know, one of the best ways to make sure that we are filling each other's cup up is to be cognizant of that. And as a friend, I want to fill my friend's cups. Mm-hmm. Like I want to show them love, how they best receive it. I want them to feel energized and excited to talk to me. And I want to be there when they need me. That makes me feel good. And if I only looked at it from a perspective of like, what is serving my personal needs at this time, I would be a terrible friend because then I'm not thinking about how I can help the people that I love have their cups filled too. Mm -hmm. Taking this back to burnout, I want to mention the definition that I found online last week because I was doing some Googling because (laughs) even though I well know the definition of it and have experienced it before and have blogged about it before, like Mm -hmm. me and and burnout, we tight. Um, I still ended (laughs) up finding myself in that place of feeling gross and just feeling tired and just like you had mentioned earlier, I could sit on the bed and just be like, look at all this list of things and I want to do none of it. Mm -hmm. I still ended up Googling, what is burnout? Am I burnt out? And a lot of it really boils down to when your effort and what you are exerting and putting into something is not yielding the results that you want or expect it to. Mm -hmm. And the longer that this goes on, there's literally stages of burnout. The longer Mm -hmm. it goes on like that, the more serious you kind of fall into that burnout pit Mm -hmm. because you're not having, literally back to the metaphor, you're not having your cup refilled. You're not having some sort of expected result for what you're putting in and that disconnect is what can lead you to just feeling completely blah about things Mm -hmm. that you normally and otherwise love. Yeah, absolutely. And that's when you end up with that feeling of sitting on the bed saying, I can't do anything. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So when you personally get like that, I know we were just saying how Mm -hmm. you're not solely responsible for filling up your own cup, but Mm -hmm. we all do, I think, undoubtedly have a very strong handle in that too and a yeah, responsibility. we have the lion's share of that responsibility Absolutely. for like sure we do hold that a lot of that responsibility even just in terms of knowing yourself knowing where mm-hmm. you're at and ensuring that you don't get to that that wall where yeah. you smack into it like oh no mm-hmm. i am burnt out <laughs> um <laughs> how do you personally like to refill your own cup and what advice would you give to people yeah where they're maybe teetering on okay i think i'm heading to burnout but i'm not sure. really sure like how do you kind of check yourself check where you're at and then make some mm-hmm. positive steps forward to stop the direction that you're heading and mm-hmm. kind of change course there's three big things i feel like that I do specifically. The first one is to revisit what boundaries I am overstepping <laughs> because inevitably when I get to this point, I have ignored the boundaries that I've set for myself for work-life balance. And that almost always is like one of the really big reasons that I'm experiencing burnout. I'm working too much constantly, you know, without any creative breaks or anything like that. And I feel like that really is running my well dry. So the first thing I do is check my boundaries. Am I working from seven to 11 every night plus during the day? Like, am I not able to turn off the business side of my brain 
and how long has that been going on? Um, and when I, re- when I go back and I look, it's usually, yeah, it's been like three months of constant work. Can you chill out for a second? Mm-hmm. Um, and I realized, okay, whoa, step one is reinstating those boundaries for myself. Okay. This is how you need to approach work and life moving forward because the way that you're doing it is unsustainable. Um, the second thing that I look for is if I have allowed myself to have some kind of creative outlet that is not connected to work in the last like two weeks. And usually the answer is no, I haven't done anything for myself to recharge mentally and emotionally so that I can show up as a mom and as a wife and as a business owner with all of what I have to give, because I don't, as an Enneagram three, I think I, I relate a lot with needing to achieve. And so something that I struggle with is having something that I struggle with is having a hobby that is not connected to my job. Mm -hmm. And so I, this year, actually, I picked up a new hobby, which is the embroidery that I do that I have put a boundary in that that cannot ever turn into something that I monetize because oftentimes for me, if I get really good at something, I'm like, Oh, I could totally monetize. Like I am queen of the gig economy. Right. And like, how can I monetize this? And how can I bring this to other people? Because I love serving. I love help. Like I love bringing joy to people. However, that being said, I have to have things that live outside of the realm of how can I add this to my list of income income streams? Because if I am doing it then as a bit, as a business and a job, it's pulling from my cup instead of pouring back into it. So things like my embroidery, that's something I, I do for myself. And um, this is also like reading a book for fun. <laughs> things like this that I refuse to make part of my job because I know that I need them as an outlet. I go and look back and say, okay, have I done any of those things lately? If the yeah. answer is no, then I'm not putting back into my cup. So that's another thing that I look for. You know, the third thing that I look for is how often have I spent time like with my spouse, just the two of us, like on a date night or something to that effect? Because for me, that's another cup filler. And if the two of us, because my husband's doing his master's right now and working full time between the two of us, that's like ships passing in the night if we're not careful. So I need to go back and look and see if like we've actually had a date night sometime lately or if we've even talked to each other outside of laying in bed at midnight together. And when I look at those three things, because those for me are the things that fill my cup, if I haven't done them recently or I've ignored the boundaries I've created for myself, the burnout is absolutely inevitable. I love that you pointed that out too because – it's absolutely accurate in that we all have different cup fillers. And if you don't know what your cup fillers are, that is your first piece of homework after listening to this episode, because it's going to look different for everybody completely based on you. And it's, it's so important to actually know what that is. Otherwise, if you are lucky enough to have a moment where you can intentionally do something to fill your own cup, you're not Mm -hmm. even going to know where to begin to make progress. Which kind of also brings us to though, I want us to also touch on the fact that sometimes the burnout is, I don't want to say inevitable, but what do we do when there are people who 
maybe because of your job, because of the nature mm-hmm. of it, or just because of life circumstances at some point in time, you're not necessarily able to take mm-hmm. a break or you don't necessarily have, like how do you intentionally avoid burnout or weave cup fillers into mm-hmm. your everyday life if you're someone where you, maybe you have to work 80 hours a week because that's mm-hmm. what your schedule is and your boss is gonna fire you if you don't and you're not in totally. a position where you could just be like, ah, screw this, I quit. Like, <laughs> you know, like if you're in a situation like that, there, what, what kind of what strategy do, do, for that? do we do? So personally, um, I have not personally outside of college worked a job that is demanding like that. However, I did take like 17 to 20 credit hours in college. So I'm gonna reach back into that when I was doing a full-time job plus full-time school. Um, and trying to figure out where to put that self-care and those cup fillers into that time. And for me, that sometimes meant getting up like 30 minutes earlier than I needed to so that I could sit and be quiet with myself and journal and pray. And the things that I do to like help myself feel grounded was really important to me, even if it was 15 minutes every day. Mm-hmm. whether that was before bed or right when I woke up or sometimes I didn't have that time even. And it would be when I was in the shower and I would take 15 minutes in the shower to close my eyes, you know, not think about work or school, zero my mind out and take a moment to like center with myself. And that was enough to at least allow myself to have that moment of peace. Mm-hmm. We talked about this, um, oh my gosh, for like the past hour too, but we, we were talking a lot about when you have a to-do list mm-hmm. and you are, if you are ambitious like us mm-hmm. <laughs> and maybe a little too ambitious sometimes, <laughs> your to-do list can reflect that where you've got like literally a week's worth of to-dos on one piece of paper for a given day and you look at it and you're like, absolutely, I can totally make that happen. And by lunchtime, you've got only two things checked off. And you're overwhelmed and you're upset that it's totally, absolutely not going to go the way that you originally thought it might. Yep. And an easy way to kind of break that down is to break it down into what are your actual must do's and Mm -hmm. actual priorities for a given day versus what are the things that you would love to happen, but if they don't happen, it's not the end of the world versus the things that are like, yeah, I don't really care about it. It was kind of on there because I was feeling really feeling really ambitious in the morning. (laughs) And I think that that applies whether it's your work to-do list or like your personal kind of self-care mental to-do list. Because there are some days where if you're being real with yourself, you can look in the mirror and you're like, you know what? I need to do something for me today. Like if you Mm -hmm. are on that path to burnout, you will know in your body and you you just know. You're just like, you know what? I can't push right now. This is not the day to have five work-related to-dos on my list. This is the day where I need to prioritize that workout that makes me feel really, really good at the end of it. Or I need to prioritize a phone call with my best girlfriend just to unwind and not be thinking about all of those other things. It's like you are allowed and you have permission to have priorities that are not just related to your job or that are not Mm -hmm. just related to your main role in life. Or Mm -hmm. if you're a mom that are not just related to your children, like you are allowed to prioritize you because who else is going to prioritize you? Yeah. 
Absolutely. And I think, like you said, if you don't know what your cup fillers are, like that's step number one. And then I have a list of cup fillers, right? I actually have them written out like in a notebook, like these are my cup fillers. And what I do when life is getting really busy like that and work is really busy, I go through my cup fillers and find the ones that take the least amount of time and pick three of those out to do in a week. It doesn't necessarily have to happen every day, but if I can do these three things this week, they're short, they're small, and I will feel like I've done something for myself. Mm -hmm. And that could be just enough to fill your cup a little bit to keep on going for tomorrow. Until you have, you know, time to do more than that. That is, that, that can be enough. Those three small things a week. Mm-hmm. I want us to talk about setting boundaries a little bit too, because that's oh, good. I'm great in... at this. <laughs> <laughs> Number that's... one person to talk about boundaries right. already. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, I think this is yeah. important for us to talk about because you and I talk about this all the time offline mm-hmm. because you and I are both, we both admittedly struggle with this in different areas yeah. for different reasons. And we're not perfect at it. We both have a ton of room to grow with it. But I think everyone is, you're always a work in progress with stuff. So it's good to have yeah. that kind of conversation. But I especially think it's good whether to show it's, the journey, not just totally, the destination. Totally. And that's like where we're both at with this, mm-hmm. where whether we're talking about work, whether we're talking yeah. about friendships, both of which we have talked about in the past, however much time we've been recording so far, mm-hmm. boundaries undoubtedly and undeniably play a very strong role because if yes. you do not have them set and if you are not actively and intentionally enforcing them, mm-hmm. you're going to burn out because you will inevitably breeze right past the boundary and you're just going to yep. keep going until you smack into the brick the brick wall that is the burnout wall. <laughs> This is why this is step one for me and figuring out what is happening if I'm on the road to burnout is evaluating Mm -hmm. boundaries. Yeah. What advice do you have? (laughs) Set up. how you do it. Start there. Um, I have a couple things that I, this, some of these are specific to my job. So I'll share those. And then some of them are, are more general. But the first thing is I do a lot of client work. I have a lot of clients um, that I work with that is great. It's one of the best parts of my job. I love, love, love working with clients, as Erica would say, love, 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 um, <laughs> I, you know, working with clients and that fills my cup. It brings me joy. I love it. But I have a tendency to allow my clients to have access to me 24 seven because mm. I want to be there for them. Like I am so jazzed about working with them and helping them that I forget that I am a human that is allowed to not be working 24 seven. So my issue has often been with this part of my business is I just let people message me whenever. And then I feel like I need to answer it because they are waiting for an answer and I don't want to leave people waiting and I don't want to disappoint and want to like constantly over deliver. (laughs) But what I've learned on that path is when I do that, I cannot show up and be the best person that I can for them because I'm already burnt out from having an hour conversation with them at 10 PM last night. So during our scheduled meeting time the next day, like I am already frustrated at myself and not able to bring everything that I can to the table. So what I do for that 
is really enforcing the fact that whether this is a work email coming in after hours or a client coming in after hours, I don't answer until it, my hours are back. So if it comes in at 9 p.m., it doesn't get a reply from me because I have it stated that my work hours are from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. So if it comes in after that time, it will have to wait till the next day. And sometimes that's really hard for my personality because I want to answer and I want to be excited and like there and super on it. But when I do that, I do not honor my own self and my own body because I don't take care of what I need. And what I need is to be able to have specific times so that I can be the best strategist that I can be for this client or the best advice that I can give for this client. Like I'm ready to serve them when I am mentally prepared to do so. And I want to highlight something you just said too, because it's really important and ties back to what we were saying earlier in that setting that boundary does not in any way, shape or form make you less of a coach, less of a strategist, less of what you are doing. If anything, it makes you better because it allows you the time that you absolutely need to hit recharge, to creatively brainstorm, to think, to rest. You show up better the next day. when you are able to do that yourself. So whereas some people might say, oh my gosh, what? You didn't respond in in the two minutes after I said this to you. What are you thinking? Or, oh my goodness, Mm -hmm. you didn't respond at 8.30 p.m. on a Friday night? Correct. Because to show up as good as I possibly can the next day, I need to allow myself the grace and the it's not even it's not even allowing yourself grace it's literally no, just allowing it's just, yourself hu- being human yeah <laughs> you need the it chance is. to be a human being and just be instead of be doing something constantly when mm-hmm. you're not having your batteries not getting recharged yeah. and it's just not going to end well for anyone and on a, and on a personal note when it comes to personal boundaries you know this may be that my phone gets turned off at a certain time of night. You know, I don't need to be contacted for things if I'm trying to watch a movie with my husband at 8 p.m., right? Like if I'm on a date out to dinner, like I don't need to have my phone on. And that can be really hard if you are like me and like it's constantly attached to you because not only do I like have friends on my phone, but like my work is on my phone. It's my work and my life are melded like real close together. And so I do set most often really intentional time boundaries. I think those are my biggest boundaries. There are other types of boundaries, but for me, it's the time because time is what I have the most control over for myself. And if I give it away to everybody and I give away my control over how my time looks, that's when the burnout comes. That's when the frustration comes and that's when I'm not being my best. Yeah. And that goes back to knowing your own self and what burnout looks like for you Mm -hmm. and what causes it versus prevents it for you and how Mm -hmm. that really manifests itself in your life so that you can work backwards to make sure that you don't let yourself get to that point. And I say, let yourself get to that Mm -hmm. point because it's up to us to intentionally Mm -hmm. put the stopper on something, put boundaries in place to actively prevent it from happening because you know other people can fill our cups part of the way but we are the one holding the cup in the first place Mm -hmm. and the one monitoring to say hey like need a little bit more over here yeah and you know what your cup fillers are like 
for me, it's having time and like balancing my time. Well, that's really, really important to me. Like I, I literally teach time management. So it's something that's really important to me at my core. And maybe that's not for you. (laughs) This is actually relevant. So my husband and I were talking the other day and there are, I don't know if you know this, there are two types of ways that people in the world view time. Yes, I do know this. Oh my God, it's mind blowing. Drop it to us. Give it to us. Okay. So I'm trying to remember the exact word. I think it's chronatic. Mm, Not sure. Does not sound right, but it it has to do with like how you chronologically view things. And so in like Asian countries and more Eastern countries, they prioritize relationships over time. So like if you look in their offices and how they do work there, it's very much centered on like, we're going to get this list of things done sometime during the day. They don't have harder, fast meetings. Like nobody is deadlining anything. It would literally kill me if I, (laughs) um, but that like my, my husband's like, that's how my brother operates. Like that's how my mom operates. And so like there, and that's why it, sometimes drives me crazy. Like I want people to be on time in the, like in the car, we're going at 9am if I say 9am. Right. And the, and, and people don't always view it that way. And then in more Westernized countries, people are like, we have a meeting at 9pm. This needs to be put on a deadline to be on my desk tomorrow at noon. We have meetings like deadlines, time frames, and we operate, most people in Western countries operate on that. It blew my mind. When I tell you, when Adam was telling me about this, I was like, what are you talking about? People don't view time. What do you mean they don't have deadlines? What are you talking about? But I think it's really important to actually do a mental check for yourself and say, okay, how am I viewing time? Because we all view it a little bit differently. And for me, like, it is a respect thing to like show up on time for something that we've planned for me. Like that's respectful for me. Um, And I feel disrespected if somebody is like 15 minutes late and doesn't tell me like, Mm -hmm. because my most valuable resource is my time. I'm coming back around. I have a point. (laughs) My most valuable resource is my time. And I think for me, that's the cup filler. The burnout happens when I'm not in control of my time. See, I told you it was going to all come back together somehow. (laughs) Um, My most valuable resource is that. So when I'm out of control and that cup is not being full where I like have control of my time, that's when the burnout happens. My husband is not that way. Like his cup, he doesn't care if we're five minutes late leaving the house. For me, that's a really big trigger. So when you are looking at what is causing you burnout and what you're struggling with, try to pinpoint some of these things so you can say, okay, this is the empty cup. This is the trigger. Mm-hmm. Okay. Absolutely. That was a real long-winded explanation, but we made it and here we are. <laughs> no, but it was super necessary because I think we all view we all view life very differently, but I think in this situation, yeah. we are all in very different life circumstances. And oftentimes mm-hmm. when you hear the word burnout thrown out, I feel like it might be most commonly associated. You automatically think someone working on Wall Street or in corporate America working these like crazy hours and then they're pushing, pushing, pushing and it's too much. But it can manifest itself in so many other ways, whether that's burnout from relationships like what we were talking about earlier or burnout as a parent. If you just need, as a mom, if you need to be like, hey, honey, like 
take the kid for an hour because I need to go in the bathroom and not have someone b- talking to me while I try to pee. I just you need know, to pee like, alone. I just, I just need to pee I alone for a second. <laughs> like, it all comes together in whichever bucket you fall in in your life right now to ensure that you can move forward tomorrow a little mm-hmm. bit better and you can show up better because yeah. you've given yourself that time to recharge your battery and to just fill your cup, fill your own dang cup. Right? And and knowing what your triggers are and what fills your cup is really important. So like part of your homework right now, if you don't know what fills your cup is to find, figure, figure out what that is. Out. Yep. Figure out what that is. Some takeaways, we got to fill up our cup, figure out what fills up your cup first and foremost, do yeah. something to fill up your cup. Mm-hmm. Figure out what burns you out, you know, like Mm -hmm. figure out what is draining to you and where maybe you can make some intentional tweaks in your life to have a little bit less drain, at least right now. Maybe it means asking for help. Maybe it means restructuring something on your schedule or Mm -hmm. pressing pause on a project or something altogether. But if there is an action step that can and should be taken, take it. Yeah. Uh, Because it will have more more positive effect in the grand scheme of things if you mm-hmm. actively address it then and it will be so much easier to step up from that place than it is to let yeah. yourself fall completely on the burned out on the burnout bandwagon and try yeah. to pick yourself up from the bootstraps to to go again after that well because we talked about this and i can't remember now if it was in the hustle podcast <laughs> or that was in this one because we did on like a random Tuesday (laughs) Uh uh-huh but we talked about how you need to make sure that when you are approaching the burnout that you catch it early because it takes so much longer to recorrect after it's happened Mm -hmm. so really focus on being in tune to your body and being aware when these trigger things are happening and starting to happen for you because if you can do it sooner it will save you so much more time in the long run doing minor corrections on this end than having to completely do a u-turn after it's already happened yeah amen to that well i want to uh wrap things up tay thanks for joining me on thrive again of course I asked you this last time you came on, yeah. and obviously I ask everybody this, but I'm curious if your answer, A, has changed in general, or B, changes if you are in a period of burnout or where you are like actively trying to, yeah. you know, make some positive change here, yep. what thrive means to you and how you strive to thrive in your everyday life. Mm-hmm. For me... You know, I don't remember what my full answer was last time. So me neither. May, it's okay. No pressure. I may repeat it, it. But for me, thriving means that I am taking care of myself in all areas of my life. So whether that's being my a mom, being a business owner, being a woman, being a wife, all of the areas that I show up in my life feel comfortable. And that doesn't mean they're all at a hundred percent either, by the way, (laughs) sometimes my cups ebb and flow, right. And some are at 50% and some are at 70, but as long as they're all doing their best and I feel comfortable with the levels that everything are at, I feel like I'm thriving. Um, and, and when things are lower, that's when I feel like I'm surviving. But if, if I can make sure that what I'm doing feels really comfortable for me, 
then I feel like I'm thriving. And I think that absolutely changes when I'm in periods of burnout, because then for me, thriving, the thrive bar is real low, (laughs) you know, and the survive bar is taking over. And if I can just do a little bit for myself, then I feel more in the thrive area. But there is such a sliding scale of thrive for me, depending on what's happening in my life and what I'm emotionally capable of, if that makes sense. Absolutely. I think that's very valid, very real, and very much the reality of probably most people listening in. <laughs> yes. We are all in this together. Yes. I love cool. it. Cool. Well, thank you all for listening. Thanks for coming on Thrive Tay. Um, Anytime. Yeah. And got more. Can't believe 2020 is done. Wow. I we're going to hit, we're going to say sayonara to, to the year and y'all take, take some notes on this episode. I hope it has yep. helped you at least reconsider where you're at in your own life. And if you are in a place where you feel burnt out or you're heading on that, heading on that path, I hope this helps you take a solid look at it and give yourself permission to make some changes so that you can hit the new year yeah as the best you so i love it see y'all next year don't don't forget to rate and subscribe to thrive oh, podcast yeah where oh look at that if you what liked you what you heard me? drop it five stars <laughs> drop tay five stars because she's just a five star friend so here we are wow wow all right <laughs> see y'all in the new year Wait, before you go, if you like what you just listened to, drop us five stars on iTunes. Make sure you're subscribed to never miss an episode of Thrive. And if you're on Instagram, snap a screenshot and share to your story with what episode you're tuning into and tag me at Erica Legenza with what part resonated with you the most. That way I can see what's helping you and your friends can pick up a helpful tidbit too. Thanks for tuning in. It's your time to thrive.